Hello and welcome to the fourth official soccer podcast. My name is Uri Oludemi and I'm joined by my co-host Sulaiman Lassisi. Sulaiman, a huge week of VAR controversies and many beautiful games. How how was your weekend? I had a marvelous weekend. Timmy Pookie scoring a hat-trick Woo! for Norwich City. And then today we had Paul Pogba missing a penalty kick that would have made Manchester United have two wins out of two games. So it's been ecstatic watching a lot of soccer yes it's been it's been quite great i really enjoyed my weekend um later on on this episode we have a spurs fan mpo kekena um he's he's here to talk about you know spurs and tottenham and and how the transfer uh was how their transfer was and also how their game against city was uh the game was really splendid it was one-sided but still uh, both teams were still able to walk away with a point. I'm sure a lot of our fans will be interested in that conversation, the Spurs and City game from the perspective of a City fan, and I'm definitely sure that Umpo has a lot of exciting, I would say a little bit partisan opinion on how the game went out, but yeah, I can't wait for that stage of the interview. Yeah, I don't know too many sports fans. I, I think I only have one more sports fan and he went to my high school in Nigeria. So I, I'm excited to speak to him today. Yep. Yeah, so the spot kick section, Bori, and this actually stems from, I, I, I realized I was going to do this on Friday when Barcelona played Atletico, Athletic Bilbao in San Mames. And what happened was, Aritz Aduriz has had this wonder of a goal. Wait, how, how old is he, first of all? 38-year-old Aritz Aduriz had this wonder of a goal. And it just got me thinking, I've seen this guy play for Villarreal, and I've seen him play for Valladolid, and then he's played for... Athletic Bilbao over three or four different stints, and he still can score. And got had me thinking: this has got to be a great goal scorer, who on such a big day becomes a scorer of a great goal. So I'm thinking, out there, there are people who are great goal scorers. You think of people like Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and then you think of scorer of great goals. I mean, Lionel Messi as well qualifies, and then you have. Today, we just saw Nevis score a wonder goal. Wonder you know goal, what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So, then I, I thought I was going to ask you this is who do you know that qualifies for both a score of a great goal, for both a score of great goals, and as well a great goal score? There are lots out there, of course, but I just wanted to see who's. Who do, would you pick for this you one? Mean, you mean in general? like In general. In general? Who, 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 who matches both criteria? <laughs> so, for some reason, I was thinking you were going to ask for. For this past weekend, but but in general, I still give to Zlatan. Zlatan. Oh my! Zlatan <laughs> has done everything. You know, he's. You 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 actually. This is the one time I have to say you were so exact. You read my mind, and the reason I say this is I've had this asked to me a lot of times by by soccer pros, people who like watch soccer for a living, and they would leave Zlatan out of the equation completely, and I'd be like, Is it because you like you haven't? overdose of soccer or what is going <laughs> on like there's just too many yeah. wonder goals that Zlatan has scored yeah. for you to leave him out of so that so many list. so many I mean I think in my opinion has the uh, the best array of goal scores like per, like crazy cool goals scored um, I can think of I can, I'm playing back the one he scored for Ajax just one time ago um, also the exactly. one for Sweden it's just like for Sweden so against many. England yeah, for AC so Milan the, so many, the karate so many kicks goals. and all yes, of them yes 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 I, I, he's phenomenal like I, 
I'm going to be sad when he retires because he's one player that I'm definitely going to miss a lot. I actually have to say I'm very impressed that we had the same answer for this one because I, I couldn't have. Well, thought. I wasn't expecting. But in terms of best goal scored this weekend, I mean, I, I would say Aduriz is, is a cliche, but I was actually going to give it to Puki. Uh, there was a goal he scored where he basically... The, they crossed the ball to him, he just straight on volleyed it. And and just the accuracy and just seeing that goal go in with such accuracy made me think, like, this guy is a good striker. Wait, did you see the Nevis goal that happened a couple yeah, hours so ago? Yeah, so I actually, I was impressed with the Nevis goal. I'm not saying it's not a good goal. But then when I looked from it behind, behind Nevis, there was a camera angle. It, just, it was just a regular curl. I mean, yes, yes, not taking away from the goal. It's a definite good goal. I mean, I will put that goal... Well, I'll, st- I'll put the goal even not above Aduris's goal, but I still think Puki's goal was more like accuracy and just like the ball comes to you and you have to kind of time it right. And he was just the whole time looking at the ball and just like swiped it in into the goal. I thought that was a, a, a much better goal than, than, than Nevis's goal. Nevis's goal. And, and also, Ad- well, Aduris's goal, the only problem with Aduris's goal is because I see it a I lot of times. It. So that, that's why I'm not impressed. But I'm more impressed because... It's a 38-year-old, um, but but still, it's still a bicycle kick, which is common. I actually have to say, I also commend Puki's composure coming from the championship, scoring 29 goals, nine or 11 assists, and coming into the Premiership, and also starting to show traces of that goal-scoring prowess in the Premier League. I think that's something noteworthy. Yes. All right. Let's move on to the EPL. I mean, we're already talking about the EPL. You know, talking yep. about Puki. Um, so. The first thing I want to just point out is VAR. You know, again, some fans are still angry at VAR and they don't realize that it's the rules that are actually making VAR seem uh, annoying, uh, so to say. So the new rule about handball is if any attacking player has a handball and that handball causes a goal, um, it's going to be cancelled no matter what, right? So I think a lot of people were complaining this past weekend in the Man City and and Spurs game with Laporte's, Laporte's handball, which... Uh, eventually led on to uh, Jesus's goal, um, but I think a lot of people don't understand that it's actually the rule. The rule says you can't have a handball before a goal scored. So, so I, my my question to you is, why do you think people are still angry with VAR? Like so, I, I don't, I still don't get it. Okay, so it's the I, right call, right? I've had this conversation one too many times, and this might actually be the last time I'm going to talk about <laughs> VAR and this. No, again. this is no. We're going to keep talking but, about but, it. But but my question to you, I know you asked me a question. Does this rule apply if Latpot had handled the ball right outside his own box, and Gabriel Jesus runs with the ball? Up until the Spurs goal I believe so. Spurs. I think this actually happened in Cup America. Um, there was a foul bef- way before. Um, the like there was like a counter attack or some something, like, and there was a foul that led to the counter attack or something. Um, and they scored. I can't remember if it's Cup America, but they scored. They went back to review it and then saw that that was an actual foul that they should have called that the ref should have called. Okay. And they canceled the goal. Okay. So I believe. I believe. I know the EPL is kind of lenient with like VAR this season. Uh, and the reason why I'm saying that is because they didn't call the. Um, th- there was a penalty chance for uh, like, the Laporte pull, the Lamella pull on Laporte. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that should have been a penalty, but they, you know why didn't they go to the VAR, right? Like so, that, that's so, really so annoying. that brings it to my second point. Now you said they will call a foul leading to a goal at any point on the field. I'm satisfied with that. My second point is consistency. Yes, around yeah, this yeah. technology. Yeah, consistency. I think that, well, well, but th- that's the thing, though. It's the it's the consistency of the refs, not VAR Exactly, itself, right? exactly. So VAR itself would not have called 
Laporte's handball a handball. It yes. would have been a goal because Gabriel Sous scored. But the referee implementing VAR exactly. called it. So he should be consistent every single time. That is what I want to see. So so we should go back to blaming the refs instead exactly. of blaming VAR. Right? Exactly. 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 That's what we should do. Mm -hmm. Um and but hey, you know, you know, things like this are still gonna happen, it's yes. still gonna cause yes. controversy. Um and surprise of the weekend, Liverpool um well, I won't say barely, but I mean they played very well. Um, but but they beat uh, Southampton two one, and obviously the the goal that was scored against Liverpool was a howler from from Adrian. From um, before that, he was great. He he had the phenomenal. He had a great save from a header. Um, he had a very good game, but that howler was bound to happen. Well, I would say on the howler. I, I thought Danny Hings should be given credit. He actually, that was a loose he ball, right? That yeah. was a loose ball. He, he went after a loose ball, yeah. and then he, he somehow got in the net. That was definitely a mistake that a goalie of Adrian's experience should not be making. Do you think Liverpool is cursed with goalies or keepers? Cursed with goalies, I wouldn't go as far as saying that. I know for a fact, of course, everybody, the numbers are out there that Allison being on the squad last season made the particular difference of them going as far in the Champions League and also going that close in the Premier League. So, cursed, I mean, they have Allison. It's only a matter of three more weeks and he'll be fit again to play. So, I don't think they're cursed. It's just a rough patch they're going through. Yeah, and also, by the way, so just to correct what we said earlier, the foul against Rodri, not not Laporte. Oh, you're right uh, about it was, that. It was, yeah, Rodri, it was Rodri. Rodri. Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, all in all, it was a good, uh, uh, you know, EPL, uh, uh, you know, Game game week two. Uh, what, what would you say? Maybe you know what game did you like the most? I'm guessing it's the City's first so game. So the the City game was, of course, it was the highlight of the weekend. I was looking forward to it. But I one thing I wanted to point out in the name of our podcast being the fourth official soccer podcast. Oh, yes. And then the Chelsea and Leicester City game. Yeah. The fourth official actually ended up being the referee. The official. Oh yes, match yes, that was because Graham Scott, who yeah. had been the VAR official in the City. Spurs game didn't make it to the stadium on time. It was Oliver Langford who was supposed to be the fourth official. Yeah, now yeah. coming center stage to be the referee against the yeah, that was, Leicester City. He, he actually did very well. Had, I thought I, I thought he did very I well. I didn't have any concerns about. They should his just promote him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, that was his first time. That was his first time right? refereeing in the Premier League. He has yeah. done it in the Championship, yeah. but never in the Premier League. So I think, I mean, they should definitely start putting. As in, as a close friends of Chelsea, talking about Chelsea. How will you rate your, uh, you know Chelsea's game against Leicester? I, you know, it seemed like it was they a, did very well in the beginning. Soccer is a game of two halves. So Chelsea had the first half, and Leicester City had the second half. And I actually would go further and say Leicester City should have won that game in the second half. So yeah, I mean, well, I guess Chelsea got lucky maybe, but uh, I don't know how I still feel about Chelsea. I still feel like there's some there's something missing. But definitely, yeah. there's a lot. Azad's missing. That's that, I mean. <laughs> That is that is that, obvious. That you know? is the something that I was thinking. Exactly. About. <laughs> so, but but as the season pans out, it's left to the coach to figure out what works. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're done with EPL. We're going to move on to League On. Very very crazy scenes in League On this past weekend. Um, the shocker of the weekend was PSG losing to Rennes, um, two one. Um, PSG scored first. Mbappe looked good. Very uh, Cavani, Cavani yeah. scored a good goal. Um, and I just don't know what happened in that game, to be honest. Uh, I, I think 
I think maybe PSG needs Neymar. <laughs> maybe they shouldn't let him go. But I just want to call out a player from the PSG Rennes game. Um, I want to call out uh, Kamavinga. Uh, Kamavinga was phenomenal. He's a 16-year-old. I, I would call him a central midfielder because he was kind of playing in the middle and kind of almost dropping back a little bit to the register role sometimes. But he was absolutely phenomenal. He played without fear. He was passing. He even assisted one of the goals. Um, um, we, again... 16-year-old, we can't really say much, but just just to say that Kamavinga could be a, a very good player in the, for the future, and, and it definitely, I'm sure a lot of scouts are probably now watching him after that game, uh, but in general, he played very well. I actually, I saw a clip. I didn't I didn't see the game. Yeah. I, saw, I saw I actually saw the highlights, but it didn't jump at me in the highlights of the game, but I saw a clip of, like, all his passes and his runs. I thought he was composed for a 16-year-old. Yeah, no, I was very like, composed. wow, and then, yeah. and then the assist he had was a very well... Well, taking a seat. So I, I think I, I'm not gonna draw a conclusion off of one game, but I expect sure. a lot. Sure. I expect a lot of more. I, I think it's more. Games from I think here. it's more like he's playing against a very top team and still able to do hold the ball very well, like like a, a you know a, a very good midfielder. But looking at another part of France, Lyon, Lyon played Angers um, this past weekend and they whooped their butt six goals to nothing. Um, this stood out for me because. Now I'm thinking, is Leon going to take over Ligon? Is you know I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, again, still still too early to predict. But you have players like Dembele and Depay um, playing for Leon, and they're absolutely killing for Leon. And I, it, it it makes me wonder what happens with these two players. Like why can't any club pick them up, or why hasn't any club picked them up th thus far in the transfer? So, so my opinion, I mean, Dembele used to be at Celtic yes. and Depay used to be at Manchester United. So in a way, they've actually played in some places. I think Depay is proving. Depay can play. Like when, when the stage is set, Depay can play. But can he do it repeatedly? We can, yeah, yeah, we consistency. Cannot, that, yeah. that, that's what matters. And I think it's also a matter of fit. When you're playing Depay, you're playing him more or less as a free, you're giving him a free role sure. to play. And <clears throat> when you look at the big clubs in Europe, I think they already have someone who can have that free role. It's very similar to Shakiri at Liverpool. Unless he's content playing that type of role at a big club, it's going to be hard to like find him a team bigger than Leon where he can be the main well, player. Well, I would love to have him at Milan because, to be honest, we could totally use him. But obviously, I mean, we were actually linked with him this summer, but I just, I don't know what happened. Maybe we don't, we can't afford him. So something. in terms of, I mean, Milan have a lot of history, but when it comes to like present day, if I was a player, I would stay at Leon yeah. over going to Milan. Well, you know I, I guess Leon is in the Champions League and we're not. So. Exactly. <laughs> we're not even the European competition. You know? <laughs> so so that, that sucks for us. Um, the, the last thing I want to talk about is just Monaco and Mets. Monaco lost 3-0 to Mets. I have nothing to say about this game. but Wait, wait. It's you just, have nothing to say? I, I well, remember you saying that Wissam Ben Yedder <laughs> yeah. had signed for Monaco and it was a, a sign of big prices. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean, I don't know. Where, where did the plot go wrong? Well, well, here's the thing. They need to get things together, okay? Sure. I, I think I think Leonardo Jardim is going to eventually get things going. Um, but right now, maybe if it's mentally or something, I don't know what it is. But they're not playing very well right now. They look. They don't look like they're. They have the heart to want to win games, um, and it's it's really sad to see them go down like this. I mean, they, this is their second loss, I think, or maybe they tied the first game. Um, but I, I still think they will they, they will not be relegated. I think they of will come back. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's just sad to see them lose. You know, this game that they should be winning. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's it's too early to tell anything, but this can be signs of 
of things going wrong in the camp. So we'll yeah, see how this yeah. plays out. But okay, all right. Um, let's uh, let's move on to to La Liga. I'm, I mean, Spain. Uh, a lot a lot happened this weekend. Uh, from Atletico Madrid to Barca to Real Madrid. Uh, first of all, let's talk about Barcelona. We just found out that uh, Usman Dembele is going to be out for five weeks, which is adding to the injury that happened to Suarez. You know, Suarez got hurt in in the Barcelona game this past weekend when they played Atletico Bilbao, and also Messi still hurt. So that leaves, those are three good attacking players out of the team, and that leaves Griezmann um, and Perez. Do you think this is a huge problem for Barcelona? Do you, you think this is just a phase that they'll go through and, and they'll, they'll come back? I don't think it's a huge problem. I mean, so it's not time to press the panic button. I know that they're going to be feeling like, we need Neymar. We should have signed Neymar. I, I, I don't think it's time to press the panic button. I what think I, they will sign him. Maybe, but I, that's panicking because this is a there, there is no club out there in Europe that has the same embarrassment of riches when it comes to attack. Yeah. As Barcelona, so bringing Neymar to it, yes, it would it would make them even stronger in attack. But I don't really think they need to panic. What I see is, this might be Griezmann's opportunity to show that I've come to this club and I also actually can contribute and provide something. We've seen this before happen. Whenever Messi was out or whenever he wasn't playing very well in the past, Neymar would step up, and we've seen the same with Suarez. Suarez will step up. So this is an opportunity for Griezmann to actually. Put the team together and try to get something. I don't think it's a panic. It's is the classico in the next two three game uh, weeks. I don't think so. Exactly. Think, yeah. So there's no reason to panic. Yeah, I mean, right now I think Real Madrid will, will beat them. Um, but but I don't know. I, when I watched the game, Griezmann didn't look part of the team. He looked a little bit astray. Um, maybe he was just nervous. I I don't know. He's a he's a great player that's played in World Cup finals and has won World Cup. Walk up, so I can't say he he was nervous, but like he just looked, he didn't look the part. It will, uh, it will. It's, so it's this different. This, it takes time to build chemistry on the team, and then just for your players to trust you with the right pass, trust your movement. So I'm not gonna be in a hurry to judge Griezmann, even though I don't think, I don't think in the, in the grand scheme of things, he's gonna be like a game changer for Barcelona. But I still think he can deliver at this level. Okay, now Madrid, Madrid uh, won, uh, uh, beat Celta Vigo three one. Last weekend, um, Zidane had a, an assist. He assisted one of the goals. Um, Are you talking about Bell or uh, Zidane? I meant, sorry, I I I, I clumped them together now oh, because okay. they're the same they're to just me. Good again. But I meant Bell. Bell had an assist this weekend. Um, it's it's good for me. It's good to see because it's more kind of like a eat your words kind of thing. Um, but you know, props to Zidane for for actually starting him because I, I was surprised when I saw him starting lineup. Um, but he looks good. I mean, he he had a very decent game. He went back to the, he actually was defending this time. A lot of people have said he doesn't like to defend, and that's part of the problem. Part of the reason why they wanted to kick him out from Real Madrid. But um, do, what do you think? Do you think Zidane did the right thing starting? No, did the right thing starting him up, or or do you think like maybe Zidane? kind of went over his ego, like, wh what happened there? I definitely think Zidane did the right thing starting Bale, because when you look at it, maybe he has some reasons to feel like Bale was not push punching his weight in the team, being one of the highest paid players on the team, and also just you expect a lot more from him, and he wasn't giving you. But maybe he trusts him enough to know that he has it in him. It just needs to get it out of him. And now, going back over this protracted 
saga over the summer, I'm actually now thinking that all along it might have been the plan that Zidane was going to keep bail. He just needed. <laughs> it was, I, 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 this is this is, this is this is like a this is like my eureka moment. I'm just coming up with this now. Yeah. But it might be that that might have been the plan because yeah, yeah. I mean, it could you know, be. But but Pushing. I think it was a good decision for him to start him. And if it was ego, I'm glad he got over his ego and started him. I mean, it makes sense because when they were about to sell in China, um, the the story was they pulled the they plug. Pulled the plug. Um, so that. that's yeah. kind of weird. Um, but I was gonna just give shout out to Joe Felix, amazing game again. I'm eating my words from you know when I, I remember in the summer when I was saying, oh, it doesn't make sense that they bought this one twenty million kid that that isn't proven. Yeah, can, but can you be, can you get louder, please? Oh, no, let no. everybody hear you. Like, you know? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, but no, seriously, he is phenomenal. He he's he's actually a very good player and he's settling in very nicely. And, and good good thing for Atletico. They actually, I mean. Now that Barca is having this problem, if they keep having this problem, I think Atletico might just steal the sh- steal the show in La Liga. That remains to be seen. I think Joao Felix has a big future ahead of him. I honestly don't think all of that is going to play out at, Let- at, La- at Atletico Madrid, but it's nice to see that you, you go out there and gamble on a player and he's looking like he's going to deliver. Okay, finally, like you said uh, in our La Liga predictions, Granada. Granada, they are a newly promoted side, um, and they played Villarreal um, away. They, they, Granada was away, and they were still able to score four goals. I mean, the game ended at 4-4, but it's just tremendous to see the way... I actually watched the game to kind of see how they played, and the one thing I can get away from that game is they are fighters. They would never stop attacking, um, and... I, I want to give them props. Uh, I, I will be watching them from now on just to kind of see how they progress from time to, from 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 now to the to, you know to the mid season and to the end of the season. But I'm excited for them and I hope they stay up. But like again, props to them for scoring four goals in their first game away from home. I actually want to say that that is a, is a sign of great things to come because when teams get promoted, the biggest things they struggle with is scoring goals. Because it's it's a whole different terrain, the pace is different. So if they can come out the gates and score four goals, I mean, all they have to really work on is their defense. But that's a yeah. good sign. Of and this is not against a, a, an easy team. This is against Villarreal, yep. you know, which you know they're very very good team. Um, but hey, that that is it for our La Liga segment today. Uh, we're gonna straight on move on to our Bundesliga section. Um, not so many exciting uh, you know events this weekend for for Bundesliga except for the you know, the Dortmund game, um, and, oh, actually, really the Bayern game, because Bayern, you know, a 2-2 two, two ba- tie. 2-2 two, two tie. At home. So, Bayern set it out on the back foot. Hatha Berlin scored first, and then Bayern equalized, and I think they went back and back again, and it just was a game where it's never a good day when Bayern ties at home on the first day. Sure. We had Lewandowski setting a record for scoring on opening days five or six years in a row. Great, but Bayern needed a win and they couldn't get it. Yeah, I think if they don't add to their ranks, they're going to they're gonna suffer this Talking this about season. that, they have Coutinho now. Do you think that's enough? Right, that? that is actually true. I totally forgot about that. So never mind, I, I take back my word now. I think, I mean, since they've, they've brought Continue. I think they can definitely do much better. I actually, I'm not so sure you know, because you I know? mean, where is he gonna play that they don't have? Well, he's gonna bench uh, Coman. That's, 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 okay. that's my thought. Okay. I mean, so personally, I, I think Coutinho is a fine player. 
yeah. a beautiful player to watch. But the question is, when it comes to playing on the wings, I'm not as convinced that that's his oh, true position. You're, you're thinking he should play number 10 role right behind the strikers. Yeah, something like where Thomas Muller yeah. play, Leon Goretzka. But but then I feel like I, guess, I don't know that he's better than those people. So. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, Coman definitely has a, a better pace than him. So he's he should be more suited to the left. So, I mean, I, I don't know what uh, the coach is going to do. But, exactly. Uh, but... I think they have options now. Uh, yes, and, options. And, and that's, they can, that's they can fill in that that void. I, I, oh, and I think uh, Mula is like uh, a twenty-nine year old. Late late twenties. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, he he's getting there, but uh, I think adding Coutinho to this team is is definitely huge for them, especially with Champions League. Ex- I, I yeah, I was actually going to say, especially for a team that's fighting on all fronts, you know, trying to win the DFB Pokal and then the Champions League and then the Bundesliga. They yeah. definitely need options. Dortmund is stealing the show, winning 5-1 this past weekend. I I would even I mean, I would put them as the winners of Bundesliga. Again, I know it's the big it's it's the beginning of the season and, and but Paco Acosta and also uh Jaden Sancho Jaden are Sancho. killing it for, Jaden for Sancho. Dortmund. So unless unless they get some crazy injury, I think they have a good team. The chemistry is very very good. I, I like how Macarus just plays a free role and the team just flows. I think they they definitely have an, a a promising season in front of them. And I'm very impressed about Jaden Sancho. People said a lot about him last season. I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I was not. Yeah, I was not a fan either. I'm not gonna lie. But but he's he's really really coming into his own, and I like what I'm seeing about him so far. And Leipzig is still winning. They, they went out first game, beat Union Berlin 4-0. Yeah. Timo Werner scored, and it's, oh, yeah. it's still looking like... It was actually very... I, I saw the highlights of the, the game. It was actually a very good goal by Timo Werner. It was, yeah. yeah. It was a well-taken goal, and it you just that just makes you think that if Bayern keeps slipping... Slipping, yes. You know what usually happens here is Bayern slipping, and Dortmund's like out there going, trying to win it. Yeah. Or and then Bayern Leipzig, comes back. <laughs> or Leipzig's out there trying to win it and then one of these teams slump but if these two teams get out the gate and are trying to win it if one of them slumps there'll still be another who's going to keep going so it's going to be an interesting season yeah, yeah, I, I think we'll definitely be following this one closely. Just, I, I would love some competition in Bundesliga. Of course, so, yeah. uh, it makes things interesting, and it's just good for viewers to see more competition. Yeah, definitely. And that brings us to the fan next door section. This is we have Umpoke Kaner joining us on our show, and we're so glad to have him. He's the one and only sports fan that I happen to be friends with. We're so excited to have you on the show, Umpo. How's it going today, man? Good, good. How you guys doing over there, man? Man, we're doing good. I'm still a little salty after that VAR call the other day, but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think everybody else in the league except for uh, the white part of North London is salty about that call. Of course, yeah. I've also heard that the neutrals are actually happy. I mean, now you don't have like just as a neutral soccer fan, you feel good that no team feels robbed. You know what I'm saying, like. Yeah, but you know, like I was just going through like my Twitter feed, and I see so many, like even uh, the pundits over there in the UK are unhappy about you know the role of VAR and what it's doing. But honestly, it's just making the correct call, you know. So sometimes it's gonna go against us too. And for that day, I'm also gonna try and be down the middle and impartial. But this time it was our luck, and hey, how can I say no to a point at the Etihad, man? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys definitely got got lucky there that VR was in place. I'm happy that this is happening though, because it means that the eventual winner of the, you know, of the EPL this season will, you know, will, 
it will be a justified winner, you know. Exactly, fair, fair and square. Yep, yep. So I love it, but I mean, it's still going to be uh, City, but uh, <laughs> they were just winning in a better, better, fair fashion this time. I Probably. remember how last season a lot of Liverpool's wins were controversial, like in the sense of dives and all those things. So hopefully, yeah. our VAR comes to the rescue. I mean, even the uh, even the Super Cup final, you know, the guy was off his line. Oh yes. Yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah. Edgine, that, right? Yeah, it's yeah. still. It's it's a gray area. It's like I think there are too many laws this time around that changed, um, and and that's affecting. It's like just too many things going on at the same time, and that's really affecting the. And I think that's part of what people, uh, you know, refs don't want to call some things like like the penalty back because. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and whatever. you know what? I think like like every new technology, you know, like for the first year, it's gonna be ups and downs until everybody figures out exactly what's going on. Yeah. 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 So, we're gonna dive into your Spurs experience. Can you tell us a little bit about your Spurs journey, the highs, you know, and the lows, you know, your team like Spurs, you know? Oh, man. There, there's, trust me, there's a lot more lows than highs being a Tottenham fan. But, uh, so, I think I'd basically say, like, wait, you know, I started being a fan uh, when Tottenham came. They did a preseason tour of South Africa. Okay. Uh, in about, I want to say like 2002 or like 2003. And up up until that point, before that, I was actually like a big um, AC Milan fan. Ooh, Forza Milano. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so, uh, and it was honestly, you know, like, so coming from like South Africa, you know, a lot of things, most things are, you know, it's, it's political, you know. Sure. And uh, growing up, my dad always told me, you know, like, Milan was the only team to produce an African World Player of the Year, and so that's who the, we gotta support, you know. I yeah, see, yeah, you know? I see. of course. Because of George Way, I was always George, like, yeah. I was always with uh, with Milan, and then uh, when Tottenham came, they signed this guy from uh, Orlando Pirates. His name was Mabizela. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. And he he signed for Tottenham, uh, played one game, scored. On his debut, one of the best goals you'll ever see on debut, and did nothing else ever again. <laughs> hey, but then I was I, I was stuck, you know. I felt like if you choose a team, you gotta stick with it now. Yeah. And then I actually knew that I was like a real, real fan. Uh, I think in 2000, and I want to say maybe like 2004 or five, or, or might have been six, okay. when we had one day Ramos. And he oh, almost yeah. he almost relegated us until Harry Redknapp came. And I remember thinking to myself, like, if this team goes down, am I still going to stick with them? And I was like, yes, you know, even if they go to the championship, I'm going with them. So that's when I really knew that I was a real fan of this team. Yeah, so would you say the lowest then was, like, the, the flaming with relegation? Uh, yeah, I think, what was it, like, two, it was... It was something ridiculous. We were in 18th place. We'd only taken two points from like eight games or something. It was really looking bad. And uh, one day Ramos got fired and they brought in Harry Redknapp and we started going up and up and up. But I mean, even uh, up until that point, you know, we'd always been like just a mid-table team. Uh, and then Harry got us uh, qualified for the Champions League. Uh, that was probably the biggest high that I've had as a Spurs fan was the first time we qualified for the Champions League. Uh, we also won the uh, the League Cup, which is, I mean, for most fans of like other teams, it's not really that big of a deal. But when you when your club doesn't win too many trophies, then we take whatever we can get, you know. I actually remember that League Cup final. It was against, against Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Woodgate, uh, Ledley King. That was a good team, man. Yeah, that was a good squad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that's the other thing about you know uh, the reason why I've always stuck with Tottenham is no matter what has happened, uh, we've always seemed to play a really a good brand of football. You know, like we, uh, I mean, apart from this game this weekend against Man City, usually the football that we play is usually pretty attractive, and we always try and go for it. And so. I feel like if your team goes for it and you still lose, that's okay. But I, I wouldn't want to play for like I wouldn't want to support a team like you know like a Stoke or something like that <laughs> that just comes in and you know wants to defend for 90 minutes every time. I mean, we have Burnley now. Would you support Burnley? We don't have Stoke City anymore. Oh no, man! I just I don't, I couldn't do that to myself. We didn't. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah, no. Uh, Tottenham till I die. No, Tottenham till I die. Okay. All right. Cool. Good to hear. Um, I was actually surprised you, you didn't say the last last year. Uh, uh, UEFA Champions League final was was not the lowest. Uh, if I were you, I think I would have uh, taken. You know what, man? Uh, when you concede a penalty within like what uh, yeah, ten seconds, yeah. you kind of you you get a feel like. So even after that game, like I didn't even feel it was a weird feeling. I thought I'd be a lot more disappointed than I was. Okay. But. It was a weird final. I don't think either team played really well, but I don't think they outplayed us. And I think they yeah. got lucky with a penalty. Yeah. And then towards the end of the game, we had to go for it and they just scored. Uh, but it wasn't like... Uh, it was. I had more ups and downs with the semi-final and the quarter-final with yeah. Man City and, and Ajax, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, fair game. Um, it was a good game. I, I, I was actually rooting for Tottenham that game. Spoilers. Um, yeah, thanks, man. Let's go back to today's game um, or this week, this past weekend's game. Um, you played the best team in England. Um, what, what's your first reaction about the game? I mean, looking at the stats, even if somebody didn't watch the game, they can tell that City dominated that game. How do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, you know, I think I think that game uh, told uh, not only us as Tottenham fans, but I think it should have told the whole league just how far ahead Manchester City is of everybody else. Uh, because we didn't feel the really... I mean, it wasn't our strongest team that we put out there, but it wasn't a weak squad by any means. And the way that they completely outplayed us was... Uh, it was just hard to watch, you know? And it's like, <laughs> there's, they're just so far ahead in terms of, like, their squad depth. I mean, when you when you bring in David Silva off the bench and uh, Mares and uh, Jesus... Like a team like that, I mean, it's going to be very hard for anybody to catch up. But I will say they had, I mean, 30 shots on goal. Uh, we had three uh, and only two are on target. And those two were two goals. So at the end of the day, and I always say, I always think about that, even when we're playing a team that's weaker than us, uh, if you don't put away the, if you don't put away the chances, then yep. uh, you're going to get, you're going to get disappointed. Yes, yes, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, Talk about accuracy, you know, two two shots on target, two goals. I mean, that's hundred percent. So, so you win the game in, in that regard for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like I said, uh, Manchester City is just uh, it's it's scary. They are scary good, you know, and I can see them going really really deep in the Champions League. I don't really, uh, I can't think of a squad. Uh, I know probably you know like when you think about Bayern, not I mean, not Bayern, but. Uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and probably like PSG, they might be able to field better teams, but I don't think their squads are as deep as Manchester City. So I think they have a really good chance this year in the Champions League. It's just, it's an amazing team. Yeah, so I've actually noticed Pep Guardiola 
he's been very kind in praises for Tottenham. He keeps calling Tottenham the second best team in Europe. It's like a really yeah. good for in Spain. Yeah, and I, I think it's more because they went to the Champions League final and lost. But I just think I would be more livid, you know, after losing in such yeah. fashion, You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think there's a good, like, bro thing going between Mauricio Pochettino and Pep Guardiola. It's just yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, they have, they have some sort of a little bromance there. They had, a, they had a good chat after the game. And even, you know, I remember when Poch first came to, to manage in the Premiership, uh, he mentioned Tottenham as uh, the team, one of the teams he enjoys watching the most. So I think he's also a fan of the type of football we try to play uh, because, you know, we didn't just go there and try and defend. We just seriously got outplayed uh, by a better team on the day. And I, I'm glad this happened, uh, our game against them. I'm glad we played them earlier in the season because I think uh, later on when we face them again, I think we'll, we'll be a much better team and we'll have, a, we'll have a much better shot when we play them at our stadium. Cool. Does this one point, does it feel like one point or does it feel like three points? I mean, so uh, the struggle is with, uh, with, the, the, with the team's progression, the way that it's gone so far. I mean, if you'd asked me this question like three or four seasons ago, I'd probably feel like it was three points, but... We've been so consistent in challenging these teams that now we kind of have to try and, you know, shift our mindset and we have to be trying to get three points. But, I mean, it's, it's, we're still one point, but it feels like it's a good one point, you know. It's not like that sad one point. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So, all right. So, this summer transfer was very good for you guys. Uh, I mean... You went from spending zero dollars to spending over a hundred dollars, euros. Um, so, how how will you rate your transfer? Like, are, are you satisfied? Is there something that's still missing that you think that should have been been done in in terms of uh, of, of bringing in players or, or getting rid of players? Yeah, so I think I'm like uh, maybe I don't even know if I'm in the minority because it's not. And my ideas on the transfer window is not that really unique, but uh, I was happy that with the fact that we signed some players uh, in you know areas that we needed. I mean, Dombele is a fantastic signing, but I mean, a lot of us still feel like we're a little bit short in the right back, especially after we let Trippier go, because everybody that we have now is untested, you know, in the in in the league or in the big time championship, like the player yeah. that's being mooted to play in the position is Juan Foyt, who's out injured now. And he's only oh. played five games in right back for Argentina. And he's looked okay, yeah. but I mean, like I said, ah. for the for the level that we're looking at now, we're trying to 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 develop and move into that next level where we're actually challenging for things. So I mean I would, I would say like I would give our transfer window like maybe a, a eight out of ten. Okay. So yeah I still feel like we could position. we could have done more. The right back position. I was looking the other day, trying to pick Serge Aurier up for my fantasy team, and it looked like he was being talked up by AC Milan and maybe PSG. Is that still yeah. the case? Do you see him staying? Uh, no, actually, I can see Serge leaving. I, I, I don't think Serge is the, is the kind of player that Pochettino wants at the, at the club. He's been, uh, he, Poch has been really uh, strict and really good about you know, identifying the kinds of players that he wants. And if you're not going to be 100% with the, with the project, then Pochettino usually sells those players, you know. Um, there was a lot of players that when he came in, 
we all thought were really good players, but because of their work ethic or some issues off the field, uh, Pochettino sold them or cut them, you know. And I think Serge is one of those players. Uh, on his day, he can be really good, but I don't think he's that disciplined to fit into like a Pochettino regiment and stuff like that. So like even now at the African Cup of Nations, he injured his wrist and he wasn't even playing. <laughs> he just banged his hand on a table or something because he was angry, you know. Uh, I mean, and that kind of thing is, is not something that I, I mean, I, I don't think that'll stop him from playing. But it's just those kind of lapses in judgment and uh, discipline that, you know, Pochettino is not a fan of. I mean, even now for the first two games, uh, Jan Vertonghen has been on the bench and he's one of our, our best defenders, if not our best defender. But Pochettino said his fitness is not up to scratch and he's just not going to play him. There's not very many managers that will do that, you know. Like, I look at, like, a Manchester United uh, with Pogba and all the issues they were having, but he'll still get game time because uh, just that's just the way they do it. But under Pochettino, any player that's not fully committed is not going to play. So I think I think Serge will go. And I'm honestly, I'm not too unhappy about that because he's had 18 months at the club and um, he hasn't really filled the boots of Kyle Walker. I mean, if you looked at the game this weekend uh, and you saw the way Kyle Walker played, uh, it's it's obvious that, you know, we lost the, we lost one of the best right-backs in Europe. Well, I wouldn't say one of the best. I think uh, Kyle Walker's probably hit and miss, but he's definitely been a, a hit so far. Um, yeah. and, and regarding Foyth, uh, I don't know if you listened to the earlier um, um episodes of this podcast but we i slandered spoith i don't know why he why why he was playing while uh scaloni what, what whatever his name is was playing him on the right back position because he seemed yeah. uh and just abysmal showing in my opinion from from yeah Foyth. yeah and you know what i i'm most i mean so i think most of us are very unsure about this experiment of one point but again uh it's it's easy for us as fans to look on the outside in, but we don't see what these managers are seeing on a day-to-day basis when they're training with these guys. Uh, so maybe they see something in him that we don't quite see. Uh, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm hoping that they prove us, that they prove me wrong at least, you know, it's, but I'm not, I'm not convinced yet either. I agree. Um, uh, it's same same thing we can say about uh, Fabio Borini of, of AC Milan. Um, on the outside, it looks like he's the worst player, but he probably works his butt off yeah, but I think it's different because uh, in terms of like when you're at the stage, when you're in front of eighty thousand fans or sixty thousand fans, certain players act different. And I think Foyth mostly played nervous when he was playing for Argentina, and I think that 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 was a problem. I'm not yeah. saying he's a bad player, but I think he just can't handle the pressure. Well, it's just like Messi with penalties. Like in finals, he can't score, so yeah. you don't want yeah. Messi taking your 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 last penalty. Or like Pogba with penalties today. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it happens. And also another thing, you know, that I, I tried to keep in mind as well is like, you know, Juan Foyth is like, I think, 20, 20 years old. Yeah. So he's still a young player and uh, he's probably still got a lot to learn. But we'll see when he comes back to fitness because obviously now uh, there's nothing we can do about the transfer window. You know, it's closed. Uh, we have what we have until uh, at least January. So... Uh, I, I, I hope for my sake and for my club's sake that uh, Pochettino's right about his evolution into the right back. But again, like I'm, I'm not convinced personally. Yeah, we'll definitely see about that. So I want to actually move on to Tottenham's season's expectations. We've gone from the days when Arsenal fans will celebrate St. Tottenham's Day to, oh. to great seasons of Tottenham finishing above Arsenal. 
So what would your expectations be for this season in the Premier League um, as well as in the European competition? So I I mean I'm I'm one of those fans now so I think I've been I've been a fan like for I mean close to 15 years if not just a, a little bit under that now. So my natural state is to be uh, mostly pessimistic about our uh, future but I I think honestly for this season I would settle for another top four, but I I I'm one of those people now that definitely am on the side that I feel like we have to win a trophy uh, this season. I haven't felt that way uh, any other time under Pochettino's reign, just because I've been seeing the project that he was building and the transition from the stadium to you know from uh, White Hart Lane to the new stadium, and I understand all of those logistics and the money involved in that. So. I've kind of thought that we, we shouldn't expect too much. And we actually, we're so far ahead of where I thought we would be. Uh, but just, again, looking at this weekend's game and just seeing how we played against Man City and knowing that how strong Liverpool is and seeing how uh, the other teams have strengthened. You know, uh, I hate to say it, but I think Arsenal had a really good uh, transfer window. Of and course. So they're going to be challenging. Uh, Chelsea, even though they look shaky right now, uh, I think they're still going to be challengers. And Man United is only going to get stronger too. So uh, to be realistic about our hopes, I, I, I still want to see us qualify directly for uh, Champions League next season. And I want to see us lift one of at least the domestic trophies, you know, whether that's an FA Cup, preferably, or the League Cup. But just some silverware, just so these players that have been a part of this project for so long can have something that they can show for the time that they've committed, you know, because we're in such a we're in such a, a weird place as a squad because a lot of our our players that uh, helped us elevate us to this point now, like you know Christian Eriksen, my favorite player, uh, and uh, Toby Alderweireld and Jan Tonga and a few others are coming towards the end of their contracts, and uh, my. My gut feeling tells me that these guys are probably not going to renew their contracts. So I want them to at least leave with, like, you know, a trophy to show for their time. So I'll say for this season, I just want to see us qualify for Champions League and win one domestic trophy. That sounds fair. On, on the surface, it doesn't sound like you're asking for too much. But with the current squad, my only concern is, aren't the players going to be, going to be stretched too thin in all these competitions that you think it might turn into an anti-climax when it actually matters come March or April. Yeah, so, I mean, again, if, if I feel like that, 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 that's why I didn't expect this last season because we didn't have, like, the depth. So, like, for instance, even this weekend, we had, we had the luxury of bringing, of bringing on Lucas Mora, you know, from the bench. Last weekend, when we were struggling against Aston Villa, we brought on Christian Eriksen. Uh, we've signed in Dombele, who's looking solid. And, I mean, it's going to take him a while to, to get up to pace with the English league. But he's looking like a real good good player there. Uh, so we have a little bit of depth that we, we didn't previously have. So, like, last season, for large parts of the season, we were playing without a lot of our first-team players, at least four or five, you know. But, like, now we have Giovanni Lo Celso. We have a few players in each area so that, like, given the length of the season and injuries and suspensions and all that, I think we can cope a lot better than we were doing in previous seasons. So we have a little bit more depth um, than we have had. So I, I feel a little bit more confident, you know? Okay, cool. Well, uh, Mpo, we really thank you so much for your time uh, talking about Tottenham. Um, it's really great to have you on. 
Um, I, I would say my my prediction for this season is Tottenham ending up second. So we'll oh, see. Oh wow! Right. Um, I, I think they can do it. I think uh, I think VAR is here to stay, and VAR is going to make a lot of uh, you know Liverpool yeah. Liverpool lose games, and maybe uh, you know maybe also I think Liverpool can fall into like you know a, a lot of injury problems. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I'm glad you know. I, I like to hear some people that have uh, a lot more faith than me. <laughs> so it's good. It's good. And uh, I mean, so far, I think we've been we've been the the most lucky beneficiaries of VAR so far, you know, like last year in the Champions League, uh, I didn't think it was a handball against Danny Rose, uh, but Man City got a penalty and then we got a save. And then we had uh, VAR that gave the goal for um, Lorente against Man City that people thought went off the arm. And then we also had, obviously, the cancelled goal of uh, Sterling. And then this season, again, another one. So it's been good to us so far. So I hope you're right, man. Yeah, I'm actually going to bring you back to the studio when VAR bites Tottenham the bar. So, <laughs> yeah. You know what, man? I'm yeah, going to try my best. I'm going to so, try my best yeah. to be yep. magnanimous. You have to knock on wood now, you know, all that you said. Uh, honestly, we accept it, man. Honestly, I'm going to accept it. Whatever, whatever it brings, I'm going to accept it, man. No, so I we hope we're good enough to win on our own account. You know, like we don't need any help from anything else. All right, cool, cool. Thank you so much. I'm a fan of Pochettino, so I'm I'm really happy uh, that he's doing well. Uh, but again, Paul, thank you so much for for uh, talking about Tottenham. Uh, we hope to bring you back in sometime during the season, and so we can talk about Tottenham's uh, you know current state at that at that time. And uh, thank you, know, you so much for having me, guys. And I, I I appreciate the work that you guys are doing. Uh, definitely going to be uh, subscribing and listening more to the pod from now on, and uh, keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, Thanks, man. Thanks. All right, one thank uh, Umpo Kekena for joining us on our, uh, our fan next door section today. Um, and all all you our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Sulaiman, take it away. Sure. So our friends, you can always reach us on Twitter at Fourth Official SP. And today we're going to be extending the spot kick question I asked Bori earlier. Who do you know, a soccer player, who is both? a great goal scorer and a scorer of great goals. Make sure not to repeat my answer as well as Boris' answer of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. You can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, and Spotify. And do not forget to subscribe. That helps us keep track of people who are listening to us. We are Fourth Official Soccer Podcast, and we thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.